the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. According to various polling agencies, Macron received about 65% of the vote today compared to 35% for Le Pen. The father of a New York teenager that authorities say was killed by the MS-13 gang is channeling his grief into politics with a run for his local school board. Robert Micken's daughter Nisa was killed last year in Brentwood, one of two Long Island towns where MS-13 has been blamed for 11 deaths since the school year began. Micken says he hopes to stop the violence. Some parents say they're afraid to send their children to school. This is SRN News. Eric Metaxas sorts out the wiretapping story. How does this make Hillary and Obama any different than Richard Nixon? It's a very good question. Well, they're using the where... power of the government to destroy the opposition. They... I think they thought very clearly that Hillary was going to win. Right. And this, none of this would have ever come to light. That's the point. The Eric Metaxas Show, overnights at 3, right before Hugh Hewitt at 5, on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. AM 1280, The Patriot. I'm Josh Wolf from the Blue Ox Heating and Air Weather Center. Today, partly sunny with highs in the mid-60s. Tomorrow, sunny temps in the upper 60s. Showers likely in the nighttime hours. Looking for a radio station dedicated to your health and wellness? Check out our new sister station, Wellness Radio 1570, featuring great local and national programs to help you live a healthier life. It's Wellness Radio 1570. Learn more at TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com. for the Northern Alliance Radio Network and go launch sequence. Engineering, go flight. Master control, go flight. Studio engineer, go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. And 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the program we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into the broadcast. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls. 651-289-4488. Or you can text your comments or questions, 651-243-0390. Or you can weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NARN, that's hashtag N-A-R-N, for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. For the next hour, we're going to break down the results of the French election. No, we're not going to do that. We absolutely are not going to do that. I love how people all of a sudden are are experts on French politics because that seems to be what's in the news these days. And there are some people who know a thing or two about French politics. I am not one, so uh, I will uh, uh, forego any discussion on breaking down the results of of the French election. As you heard on uh, SRN News, uh, the the results of that uh, particular election wasn't particularly close as the centrist. Uh, What do they call him? The independent centrist candidate, Emmanuel Marcon, uh, gets the uh, victory over Marie Le Pen, so um, yeah, whatever the case, I, I don't know. I have, no, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't know what any of that means, to be honest. I just remember what I heard. Uh, the, I heard the result on SRN News, so that's what I could tell you. But I do want to opine on some of the news from this past week, and it's one of those shows where I'm going to have to leave a lot on the table because there was so much news that happened this past week, and there's so little time. I only have an hour broadcast, and plus we have a guest. Uh, coming up at one thirty, Bill Paler, the communications director with the Minnesota Concerned Citizens for Life regarding two pro-life bills that passed the Minnesota legislature this past week and are on their way to Governor Dayton's desk. Uh, we don't know what the governor will do, but that's why we're going to have Bill on to kind of gauge uh, perhaps how those if those bills will pass. Again, that's at one thirty. But I do want to get to some news from this past week. And specifically, I want to focus on late-night TV. Now, I'm old enough to remember when late-night TV, all it was was Johnny Carson and The Tonight Show. That's pretty much was late-night TV throughout the 
uh, 70s and, and into the early 80s. It was Johnny Carson, and that was about it. David, then David Letterman came along in 1982. And I used to, you know, as I got older and in high school and into college, I could stay up late enough to watch uh, their, their respective programs. And I'm old enough to remember when both of these late-night hosts would skewer who was ever in the White House. Uh, you know, Johnny Carson often did it with humor. You know, do, do, do you remember Karnak the Magnificent? He was kind of like that genie, that soothsayer that would hold an envelope up to his forehead, and uh, he would guess the and he would give the answer to the question that was in the envelope without actually seeing the question. And uh, you know, he he'd uh, like he'd hold up the envelope to his head. You know, like over one hundred five in Los Angeles. <laughs> Rip it open, say. How old will you have to be to collect Social Security under the Reagan plan? Okay, he criticized Reagan, Ronald Reagan's policies with humor. And Letterman did the same thing, uh, you know, when he started his program in 1982. And then when Bill Clinton became president in 1992, it was the first time in the history of the Letterman program that there was a Democrat that was president. And Letterman played up the fact that Bill Clinton had the reputation of a, of a womanizer. Now, Carson and Letterman both, you assumed, were politically left of center but they also knew that their audience, there were, there were a good number of Republicans in their audience, and there were a good number of Democrats in their audience, and so therefore they were going to be equal opportunity uh, lampooners, I guess you could say. Well, the days of bipartisan comedy seem to be a distant memory. I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's, it's, it's prime time or late night or late, late night. Pretty much all of them are, are leftists. Okay, whether well, you got, you know, late night with Stephen Colbert, he took over Letterman's CBS show when Letterman retired. Uh, you've got uh, Jimmy, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, I think is Seth Meyers hosts Late Night on NBC, uh, the show that was originally started by Letterman, then Conan O'Brien, then didn't Jimmy Fallon go there, and now it's Seth Meyers. And, uh, and Jimmy Kimmel has his own uh, program on ABC, Jimmy Kimmel Live. They're all at, pretty much left of center. And they don't even try to hide their hackery anymore. And this is what passes for entertainment. This is what passes for comedy now, apparently, where we're just going to get up there with seething rage and just uh, throw a morsel of fish to the barking, clapping seals in the audience who gobble it up because they're all sympathizers to the left-wing cause as well, apparently. Well, of course, I'm referring to Stephen Colbert's screed in response to President Donald Trump's uh, tacky behavior, and let's call it what it was. It was tacky behavior towards CBS News guy John Dickerson of Face the Nation. If you missed it, uh, President Trump sat down with uh, John Dickerson last Sunday uh, for an interview on Face the Nation program, and Trump did as usual. Well, you're fake news. I watch your program once in a while, but you're fake news. I, you know, uh, you got you got low ratings. Da da da. You know, Trump. Uh, any news outlet that doesn't stroke his ego, he's gonna he's gonna call them fake news. And I'm not gonna defend Trump on that. It's tacky. And, and it's nonproductive. You know, I, I agree that you shouldn't be attacking the news media, criticize them where, where they deserve it, and call out their biases because the biases are very apparent. But to just cast aside somebody or something as fake news because they don't favorably report on your administration, and let's face it, there have been some things in Donald Trump's administration that are deserving of criticism, and that's and that's fair game. But the problem is that... Trump's detractors seem hell-bent on Trump having being the, the sympathetic character in this because Trump does this, these tacky things and his, and his critics, his detractors, just double down on the just sheer lunacy and derangement, whether it's media or late-night TV hosts. Uh, Stephen Colbert, after in reacting to Trump's behavior towards John Dickerson, and obviously, I can't read word for word what Colbert said because uh, uh, you know I, it would uh, uh, the FCC FCC regulations preclude me from doing so. So I'll try I'll clean it up as much as possible. Uh, when you insult one member of the CBS family, you insult us all. Colbert began, Mr. President, I love your presidency. I call it disgrace the nation. You're not the POTUS. You're the GLOTUS. You're not the glutton with button. You're a, you're the glutton with the button. You're a regular Gorge Washington. You're the presidents, but you're turning into a real dictator, although he didn't say dictator in the first syllable in dictator. He he used a word that rhymes with P that is a pejorative for male genitalia. Okay, use your imagination. 
Sir, you attract more skinheads than free Rogaine, the host continued. You have more people marching against you than cancer. You talk like a sign language gorilla that got hit in the head. And then the kicker, in fact, the only thing your mouth is good for is being Vladimir Putin's bleep holster. And again, he used a word that is a a vile reference to male genitalia. Well, Colbert, uh, I've, I, I've watched a few minutes of his show here and there when he was on Comedy Central. What do they call uh, The Colbert Report, I believe it was called. You know, when he was on Comedy Central, he could pass off his routine as shtick. You know, he, he's not a serious political commentator. He and Jon Stewart were of the same ilk where they would they would wade into the leftist politics. And when they were called out on it, they'd say, wait, 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 I'm just a fake journalist. I'm a comedian. You know, you you know, let's not take this so seriously. You know, they like to play uh, play both sides. Well, Colbert's no longer with Comedy Central, obviously. He's on CBS late night TV. So he can't use the excuse that he was merely in character. So Stevie is just showing his true colors here by revealing he's just another in a long line of show hosts or a little more than vile, smug leftist kooks to bring comfort to the thumbsucker still traumatized by the Trump presidency. That's all he's doing. And it probably brings in decent ratings because there are a lot of people out there who are genuinely still traumatized by the fact Donald Trump is president of the United States. I get that. So he's kind of being their voice because people are so deranged and so off the rails regarding Trump's presidency that Stephen Colbert's screed here, he's being their voice. They don't have a voice loud enough to grab attention, except, you know, they have collective temper tantrums when they go on their various marches for whatever pet cause that they want to, and then and then just use it to bash Trump. That's all fine and good, but it doesn't garner a lot of tin as an individual. So they seek comfort by watching Stephen Colbert, and Stephen Colbert says these things about President Trump that these people wish they had the platform to use. So in the end, I highly doubt. In fact, I don't know. Has CBS come out with a statement about anything regarding Colbert, saying, "Well, that was inappropriate," but hey, that's entertainment. That's free speech. Suck it up, Sally. Those of you who are complaining. And by the way, I don't want Colbert fired. There was a uh, there was a hashtag that came out hashtag Fire Colbert on Twitter after this. Uh, some conservatives are not even conservative supporters of President Trump. And let's face it, their supporters of President Trump weren't very conservative. They say they are, but they're not. But that's another story entirely. Uh, but it was Colbert using the homophobic slur for you-know-what that got people most upset. And it, it was mostly the uh, a lot of uh, uh, the gay community who was saying fire Colbert because he's using this uh, as, as some sort of insult. Okay? But I, 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 I don't believe Stephen Colbert should be fired. In fact, if you— there are there are a good number of people hate to say it that were upset over Ann Coulter being prevented from speaking at UC Berkeley. If you were upset over Ann Coulter being prevented from speaking at UC Berkeley, and you have every right to because that was despicable how that was handled, but yet you're calling for Stephen Colbert to be fired because of what he said. Uh, how are you justifying that? That's what I want to know. But like I say, I want Colbert to be held up as the mantle for left the left wing ideology. I want him to be held up as kind of their spokesperson because he's not winning people to his side. He's just throwing red meat to the people who hate Trump. Okay? Well, those people aren't enough to prevent Trump from being elected president. So I say have at it. And here's the best thing you could do is just don't even really pay attention to it because he only did something like this to pay to 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 bring attention to himself. So you know, like I said, uh, apparently I'm behind the times because I'm being told by regular late night TV viewers, of which I am not one, um, this kind of stuff is almost commonplace these days. And I I imagine that the likes of Colbert and Seth Meyers and Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon, uh, they use their respective platforms for uh, self-catharsis as well. Because, again, these are all guys that are left wing. Seth Meyers has even come off as being just at times deranged some of the screeds that he's that that he's launched toward Donald Trump and and ironically enough it was Seth Meyer's speech at the 2011 White House Correspondents Dinner where he where Donald in the audience was for this obviously Trump was just a private citizen businessman at the time and there was rumors that Donald Trump may tr- jump in the 2012 presidential race and Seth Meyer's just 
savaged Trump from the podium. And it's the infamous picture where they pan to Trump in the audience, and he's just looking straight ahead, no reaction whatsoever. And some people say that Trump's ego, given that it's so massive, that that actually was the catalyst that caused him to think seriously about running for president. And, of course, he ended up running for president in 2016. So, uh Kind of uh, kind of ironic there that uh, Seth Meyers is now having to launch these diatribes against a uh, President Trump. But uh, anyways, uh, like I say, I haven't I don't believe there's been any statement from CBS coming out against Colbert's uh, monologue. And again, I'm not asking him for be for him to be fired because him having to go up there and and try to continue to reach down deep and put forth this rage. Uh, that's probably going to be the best punishment he could possibly have. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can text comments or questions to 651-243-0390 or weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NARN, hashtag N-A-R-N. Brad Carlson, the closer, right here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. The curtains, because all we need is candlelight, you and me. Attention, this is an investor notice. Are you interested in making some extra cash buying real estate tax liens? Then listen to this. The Government Tax Lien Network is offering a free tax lien kit, which contains two DVDs and a step-by-step report that will show you how to earn guaranteed returns between 15 and 35% yearly, which is completely secured by the government. They'll even show you how to do this inside your own retirement accounts. So if you're looking to become a real estate investor without risk, then call one 800 597-8179 now to get your free tax lien kit. Then get ready to buy tax liens for pennies on the dollar and buy houses for as low as $500. All from your home with little or no money, working only 5 to 10 hours per week. Call 800-597-8179 right now to get your free tax lien kit plus two free tickets to a live training event and a free $20 Visa gift card just for attending. Call 800-597-8179. That's 800-597-8179 for your free tax lien kit now. Individual results may vary. If you're a CPAP user, soap and water cleaning may leave harmful bacteria, viruses, and mold that can make you sick. That alone will keep you up at night. Until now, SoClean.com is the world's first and only automated, hands-free CPAP cleaner and sanitizer. SoClean kills 99.9% of all CPAP germs without soap, water, harsh chemicals, or even equipment disassembly. And now, you can try it risk-free for 30 days. Call 1-800-960-4646. SoClean changed the CPAP experience for the better. My health has improved. It's simple to use, and I'm not worried about infections. SoClean's revolutionary design makes it easy to clean your CPAP and protect you against CPAP related illnesses. Plus, SoClean works with all popular CPAP devices to clean them in minutes. It really is that easy. Don't risk your health. Call SoClean.com now to try it risk-free for 30 days. Call 1-800-960-4646. This offer won't last. Call now. 800-960-4646. 800-960-4646. It's about your life and your money. It's the Dave Ramsey Show. A good friend of mine that's wealthy says, when you're giving money, you're investing money. You're investing money in someone else's life. And if you were investing a dollar, you would not spend a lot of time analyzing that $1 investment. But if you were investing $1,000, dollars you'd spend a lot of time and so the more you give the more due diligence you should have in the ministry or the charity that you are giving to listen to the dave ramsey show every weekday evening at five on our sister station business 1440 Financial Fortitude with Dale Creed Francis and Ryan Litvin pointing out today's challenges in the economy for today's investors. So whether it's maximizing your Social Security, it's figuring out ways that are best to take a pension that you may have, creating a lifetime income strategy from whatever asset base it is you have, really evoke the mind and, and get people thinking about, hey, these things might work for me. Saturday at 3 and Sundays at 11 a.m. here on AM 1280. The Patriot. Hey, welcome back. Game 12 to the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another segment on the broadcast we'd like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Here to take your phone calls at 651 651- 289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NARN, hashtag N-A-R-N, for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. Continuing with the theme that I left off with last segment, talking about Stephen Colbert's uh, 
basically going nuclear on President Donald Trump and the trend where left-wing late-night TV hosts are not even trying to hide it anymore. They forget, you know, bipartisan comedy. Uh, they're all in on the on the hackery and the demagoguery. And obviously you've heard about uh, Jimmy Kimmel on his program, Jimmy Kimmel Live, last week, uh, talking about his newborn son who was born in late April. And apparently uh, his little boy named Billy uh, was born with a congenital heart defect and required emergency open-heart surgery. And my wife and I don't have kids, but I'm not going to lie to you. I got very, I, 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 very teary-eyed listening to Jimmy Kimmel to convey this heartfelt monologue and story about his son. And thankfully, Billy was transferred from Cedar sinai where he was born, to Children's Hospital in Los Angeles, where the top uh, pediatric heart surgeon in the world was ready to go, operated on Billy, and long story short, uh, he, he was fine. But nevertheless, it was a very scary thing for a parent to see a newborn son hooked up to all these devices and then have having to go undergo this very delicate surgery. And thankfully, it, it was a success. So you can't help but be sympathetic to it. And, and this is where, this is the biggest problem I have with political discourse. And I'll get to that in a little bit because Jimmy Kimmel, of course, demagogued his son's illness in, in order to shill for Obamacare and... and uh, continuing some sort of government-run health care. But this is the problem that I have with discourse today, is the left, politically left of center, they can't win the intellectual argument, the common sense argument. So they're, therefore, they're just going to go with sheer emotion to try to uh, tug at the heartstrings. And I'm sorry, empathy does not lead to good policy. It doesn't. You're going to end up... Ha- creating a lot more problems than you, than there are right now. Now, I'm not saying the current system is good or perfect. You know, even before Obamacare, there was a lot of issues with the health care system. I'm not a fan of the of Affordable Care Act, as you know. But even before that, there were, there were some issues. It was far from perfect. Okay? But this idea that we're going to take a personal anecdote and use it to demagogue for more government intrusion into other people's lives, uh, that's not the right way to go about it. And again, I, I'm not suggesting here that Jimmy Kimmel was how calculating in doing this. He, he was very genuine in his emotion over his son, not denying that one iota. And he probably genuinely believes that his pleas to continue uh, funding for the National Institute of Health and, and some sort of government-run health care to protect all children regardless of class, you know, income, where their their parents' income status, I I believe he was genuine in all that. And as a result, you have the finger-wagging progressives say, well, how dare you uh, uh, question a man who's, who, who is clearly uh, uh, scared to death that his, his child might not live or die. How, do you not care about children living or dying? I mean, if you if you combat Jimmy Kimmel's monologue with facts, apparently you're heartless. Okay. Now, again, I'm not going to go so far as some public publications calling Jimmy Kimmel an elitist jerk or whatever else. That that was inappropriate. It's not called for, and it's not going to help our side. We've got facts on our side, so there's no reason to get personal. I forget which publication did that. It was a conservative publication, and it's like that's not helpful, not helpful at all. Okay. But our, And this is from the, uh, Michelle Malkin wrote a piece on this, and she quoted some of uh, Kimmel's monologue. And I will, um, I'll re- I'll, uh, ch- ch- let me get to the key point here. Yeah, okay. So he says, before, before 2014, if you were born with congenital heart disease like my son was, there was a good chance you'd never be able to get health insurance because you had a pre-existing condition. You were born with a pre-existing condition. First of all, emphatically false. Emphatically false. If the parents have health insurance, the child that is born is covered under that health insurance. But if that child is born to parents that don't have health insurance, again, emphatically false. They will, hospitals will treat that child. 
this idea that you can't get medical care or hospitals will deny medical care because you don't have health insurance or you have an emergency situation and hospitals, well, do you have insurance? No? Okay, sorry, you out of luck. Wheel them back out there to the curb, wait for them to die. I mean, that's what some of these people are saying. That if you don't have health insurance, it's just going to wheel you right back out to the curb and say, well, hope the taxi ho- taxi cab gets you home in time so you can die at home. No, that's not what's happening. Hospitals will not deny you care. And I'll read, again, I'll read um, what uh, Michelle Malkin wrote. Uh, this is false. If parents had health insurance, the child would have been covered under the parent's policy whether or not the child had a health problem. Uh, Kimmel continued, and if your parents didn't have medical insurance, you might not live long enough to even get denied because of a pre-existing condition. The term pre-existing condition is used to describe uninsured, chronically ill people who apply for insurance coverage, not for a child in need of immediate care. Moreover, in the United States, virtually all hospitals are legally obligated to provide emergency treatment to every patient who urgently requires emergency medical care, regardless of the patient's insurance status. So, again, I was totally taken in by Jimmy Kimmel's story and felt awful that he and his wife had to go through that, seeing their newborn son endure such a horrific medical event. Thank God he's okay. I say that with all sincerity, but I'm sorry. If you're going to misconstrue, if you're going to use this heartfelt story and use incorrect facts to make an argument for some sort of government-run health care so everybody can be covered, you're going to be called on. That, and, and, it, and you should be called on it. Now, again, I don't watch Jimmy Kimmel's program. Did he come out in the subsequent evenings after this was proven to be emphatically false to say, I, I, you know, I, I misspoke? You can certainly understand in, in the height of my emotions, recounting the details of my son undergoing this her, horrific incident that I may have misspoke. I apologize. Here's how it really is. Has he come out and done that? I don't think so. And again, I, I'm not I, I'm not going to sit here and you know, rip Jimmy Kimmel personally, but I'm sorry. The record has to be corrected because as sad as it may be, you have people watching that. And they take that as factual information, and it's not. So, again, I'll read, continue to read Michelle Malkin's piece. Uh, Kimmel implies that opposition to Obamacare-style insurance mandates is both un-American and indecent. Had he been less hysterical, he would have acknowledged that different health care systems have pros and cons, and decent Americans can have legitimate differences of opinion on such matters. In the land of make-believe, it would be wonderful if everyone had free access to the same high-quality care Kimmel and his family did at Sinai Peter Sinai and Children's Hospital in Los Angeles. In the real world, Obamacare plans have severely curtailed the number of doctors and hospitals that customers can use. Command and control regulations on guaranteed issue, community rating, and pre-existing conditions favored by Kimmel and company are driving up costs everywhere. And, oh, by the way, uh, the Children's Hospital in Los Angeles where Kimmel uh, brought his son, that's a private charity hospital. So guess what? A good number of the children being treated there are children of parents who don't have insurance and therefore can't afford the exorbitant medical costs that come with any procedures without insurance. So guess what? Those costs are covered by the generous donors that fund this private charity hospital. So guess what? Charity works. Government-run stuff, not so much. Okay? So, again, that's another key factoid that is being left out. Ben Shapiro, uh, who writes for the Daily uh, dailywire.com, his daughter went through a very similar incident at a year and a half old, had to have emergency surgery, okay, and was brought to Children's Hospital in Los Angeles. Now, Ben Shapiro and his wife, a little different. They actually had insurance that covered their daughter, okay? And that's another key point in this. He, Ben Shapiro and his wife had health insurance before they had kids, okay? People, they don't buy health insurance because, well, I'm, I'm, I'm healthy, I'm feeling good, I don't really need insurance until... Uh, that there's an issue. Well, that's why costs get driven up so much, because if people are going to wait to purchase insurance until they have an illness, okay, well, then that's going to drive the costs up, because guess what? They're going to need more medical care as a result. And that's why a lot of these big providers are pulling out of, uh, out of, the, uh, pulling out of Obamacare, okay? But anyways, Children's Hospital Los Angeles 
They have a $233 million budget. So yes, as Ben Shapiro said, charity works and it matters. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can text comments or questions. 651-243-0390 or weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag NARN. Hashtag N-A-R-N. Brad Carlson, the closer, right here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for... Comments to common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most, right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. Can you afford to lose 60% or more of your IRA or 401k? Are you prepared to work every day for the rest of your life just to make ends meet? If not, it's time you protected your IRA or 401k from the next market crash and a looming dollar collapse. In 2008, millions of Americans watched helplessly while 60% or more of their IRAs and 401ks vanished in the blink of an eye. And now many government insiders and top investors have been warning that another market collapse possibly greater than 2000 is coming soon. Now's the time to protect your hard-earned savings and safeguard your financial future. Call Gold Co. Precious Metals, the nation's number one gold IRA provider, and learn how to protect your IRA or 401k using precious metals like gold and silver. For a limited time, Gold Co. is offering a free no-obligation guide to starting a gold and silver IRA. Go to goldcoradio.com. That's G-O-L-D-C-O radio.com. Goldcoradio.com. At Salem Media Group, we are looking for sales professionals with a rare blend of talent and skill to be a part of our community. First, you know beyond any doubt that sales is your thing. And while your current situation may not embody this ideal, you are still committed to the consultative process, a sales method that incorporates creativity and partnership deeply rooted in a matchmaker philosophy. Second, you truly are a fanatic about prospecting. You love the hunt. You think about new business all the time and always have your antennas up for leads that make sense. And third, you are what we at Salem Media Group call an appointment procurement professional. That's right. You're skilled and adept at gaining a face-to-face audience with key decision makers to investigate win-win opportunities. If this threefold identity describes you, call me, Nick Anderson, General Manager at 651-289-4408 or visit us at am1280thepatriot.com. Have you heard of the summer slide? Well, it's not as fun as it sounds. It's impacting our children's education and not in a good way. Studies show that most students lose two months' worth of math skills during summer vacation. Thankfully, Mathnasium Learning Centers are here to prevent learning loss and help kids get ahead. With over 600 locations worldwide, we're breaking the summer slide trend. Visit Mathnasium.com today. Call 877-601-MATH or go to Mathnasium.com. Hey, welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. It is me, Brad Carlson, the closer, closing out this weekend's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network programming, and here to take your phone calls. 651-289-4488. Or feel free to weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NARN, hashtag N-A-R-N to comment on any of the items we are discussing today. Want to take a uh, transition now into local political issues about, uh, what is it, a couple weeks away until the Minnesota State Legislature uh, declares the end of session. Whether they'll end on time or not, uh, I'm not uh, optimistic. Uh, See, they like to wait till the 11th hour, it seems like, to debate critical pieces of legislation involving particularly the budget. But a couple of uh, pieces of legislation that have passed through the legislature this past week we want to focus on now, and uh, honored at this time to be joined by Bill Paler. He, the communications director with Minnesota Concerned Citizens for Life. Check out their website, mccl.org. There are a couple of uh, pro-life uh, bills that passed through the legislature now are, I believe, being sent on to Governor Dayton. 
Whether or not he will sign them, uh, we do not know. I don't know if he's gone on the record as yet, but we will find out more, obviously, from our next guest. The aforementioned Bill Paler, again, Communications Director with MCCL. Uh, Bill, welcome to the broadcast today. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Nice to be with you, Brad. Thank you for uh, coming on the show. I know we uh, touched base late last week, so I know it's relatively short notice, but we appreciate you coming on and uh, discussing some of these critical issues. Uh, Bill, as I alluded to, there are a couple of different uh, bills that have gone through the legislature. Let's start with uh, House File 809, a particular bill regarding abortion funding from state-sponsored health programs limited. Now, Many of our listeners may know that uh, there uh, there is a law that precludes federal funds from being used as abortion, but some folks here in Minnesota were, may be surprised to know that uh, there are state funds available uh, for abortions. Why don't you maybe uh, uh, share a little bit about that and then what this particular legislation does to kind of uh, preclude, uh, preclude that, uh, Bill Paler? Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize that... Um their state tax dollars are actually funding abortions at a rate of over a million dollars a year. Mm. Um, and that's because of a Supreme Court case back in 1995. So since that time, there have been over $23 million spent on abortions, and almost all of those have been elective. So uh, this bill would simply end that injustice of taxpayers that fund abortions in Minnesota and uh, it's something not required by the federal law, and so our state law is actually more extreme than, than the Roe v. Wade decision that legalized abortion. Now, have you had received any indication uh, as to how uh, this will be received by Governor Dayton? Now, this is, first of all, let's back up a bit. Has this been passed by both the Minnesota House and Minnesota Senate at this point, Bill? Yeah, fortunately, oh. both uh, both chambers have passed this bill, okay. and it's Identical. It doesn't need to go to a conference committee. It's all set for the governor. I don't think it's been sent to him yet, but probably will in the next few days. Okay. Has he given any indication? Has he gone on the record as to how he's approaching this uh, particular legislation? Well, he has said um, that he's opposed it. I saw some reporter last week after the final vote in the Senate who asked him, and he said he still intends to veto it. Okay. So that's unfortunate, but... You know, we're still encouraging people to contact his office and ask him to sign it. Uh, thank you, Bill. I was going to ask what well, if if the um, given the given where the bill is at this particular time, that would that probably be the best course of action for our listeners just to contact the governor's office, flood the flood the old uh, switchboard, as they say. Yeah, we definitely want all kinds of people calling him and urging him to sign it. Uh, it's very reasonable and sensible. Even people who support abortion rights. Uh, a lot of them oppose taxpayer-funded abortion because it's something imposed on the taxpayers by the courts without their choice, and they don't see that as a just situation. And this may be kind of an aside, but one thing I've noticed, Bill, is whenever there is legislation that is brought forth like this, whether it is at the federal level or uh, or the state level, you know, in particular the federal level talk of uh, defunding Planned Parenthood because of everything that has come out about their abortion practices and particularly what they do afterwards. Uh, the private donations for these particular uh, institutions seem to go through the roof, so that should be kind of a tip there. If uh, uh, the taxpayer funds are no longer available, it certainly seems like uh, a lot of private funds are, are, are sustaining these practices, Bill Baylor. Yeah, they don't have any trouble raising funds, and um, you know, they finish out the year, even here in Minnesota, Planned Parenthood finishes the year with millions and millions of dollars in excess revenue. So uh, there really isn't any need for these taxpayer-funded abortions. Um, and really, you know, the principle is that abortion does not meet the needs of poor people. Uh, a woman who income come, uh, who has an abortion is not in any better situation than she was beforehand. You know, the, sure. the child is not the problem. There are deeper problems in our lives, and those things can be addressed without the death of her child. Uh, that And, of course, we've just been talking the past few minutes about House File 809. Let's move on real quick. House File 812, uh, abortion-performing facility, licensure required, licensing fee required, and money appropriate. Now, this, uh, and again, uh, these particular bills, none are actually addressing uh, making abortion illegal, much less 
but rather to the first bill talking about not using our tax dollars to fund abortion. So, folks, we just want to get that on the record. And this particular House File 812, again, another situation bill where we, you know, we acknowledge, hey, there are abortion clinics and they are in place. We just want to make them, uh, you know, treat them as like regular medical clinics in that they should meet the same standards. Is my understanding that correct, Bill Paler? Yeah, that's right. Um, we want to at least uh, um, allow that these places are going to be reasonably safe for women. Sure. Obviously not for unborn children, but mm. um, we think that they should be licensed and inspected like any other uh, medical facility. The interesting thing is that um, the abortion industry has opposed this because they claim that we're imposing um, unreasonable regulation on them. So that so we came up with a amendment to the bill late in the session that said, okay, we will, instead of imposing state regulation, we will adopt the regulation of the abortion industry itself. Sure. So that these clinics would have to um, simply, you know, uh, meet the regulations of the abortion industry and able to be licensed. And they still opposed it. Okay. So, you know, it doesn't make any sense. But anyway, the bill is passed by the House and Senate. And again, we encourage people to urge the governor to sign it into law. Now, I recall last year uh, a ruling came down at the United States Supreme Court regarding uh, Texas. They had a law in place uh, so, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with this case, Bill, but it sounds very similar where they were looking to regulate these particular clinics. And the argument by the pro-abortion crowd was, well, we we aren't able to meet those standards, so therefore the number of clinics providing abortion services in Texas dropped from like 42 down all the way to 19. And the Supreme Court came in and ruled that these were just kind of burdensome regulations. Well, first of all, I've it's it's amusing to me to hear people on the progressive side of the political aisle decry regulations on anything. But uh, <laughs> apparently do they have uh, apparently uh, for abortion clinics, it's uh, they're, they're totally against regulations. But that's a that's a complete aside. Um, I guess my question is, how is this different from what Texas had passed and then was ultimately struck down by the U.S. Supreme Court? Yeah, the Texas bill required. uh, uh First of all, admitting privileges. The abortionists had to have admitting privileges at a nearby hospital. Okay. Um, they also required, uh, you know, the the hallways in the clinics to be a certain width and other things like that that could have shut down clinics. Um, okay. This bill of ours uh, does not impose any of those things. It simply says that the regulations of the National Abortion Regula- uh, Federation or Planned Parenthood. Um, would have to be met by the five clinics in Minnesota in order for them to be licensed. So it's not at all burdensome. I mean, right now we understand that the five abortion clinics already meet those standards. They are members of the National Abortion Federation, so there is no burden at all because they're already meeting those requirements. But even so, we got fierce uh, opposition from the abortion advocates who said these were, you know, burdensome and unreasonable. And so hard to explain. Once again, folks, uh, the uh, critical pieces of pro-life legislation, House File 809 and House File 812, uh, definitely look those up online to get more information and get more details of what these bills entail. And then obviously uh, uh, the vast majority of our audience, our loyal listening audience is pro-life. And as uh, Bill Paler of MCCL is recommending, definitely call the governor's office and encourage him to to sign these particular pieces of legislation. Because, uh, Bill, you probably know the statistics offhand. Uh, it seems to be a pretty, you know, I know Minnesota typically votes for a, a lot of Democrats. But when it comes to the life issue, uh, it seems to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, the majority of Minnesotans probably in and of, its, in them, of themselves uh, oppose abortion, do they not? That is true. This is a pro-life state. We have a strong pro-life majority in Minnesota, and um, we can see that in elections, that when a candidate comes out as a strong pro-life candidate, that's an advantage um, for them. And so, yeah, we are a good pro-life state, and these are very reasonable, common-sense, mainstream pieces of legislation. And uh, we believe that if the governor were to actually read 
the bills and look at the constituency of Minnesota, he would certainly be compelled to sign them. So we do encourage people to contact his office, leave a message, send an email, um, just encourage him to look again at these bills and consider, you know, that they need to become law in Minnesota. Once again, we are joined by Communications Director Bill Paler. He's the uh, CD with Minnesota Concerned Citizens for Life. Again, check out their website, mccl.org, to keep up on all of the critical news regarding the life issue here in Minnesota. Uh, Bill, we appreciate you joining the uh, broadcast today. Appreciate the insights as well. And uh, best of luck uh, moving forward with this. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks so much, Brad. Good to be with you. M1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. One final segment coming up on the broadcast. Go nowhere. No one's gotten to you yet. Every time they were sure AM twelve eighty the Patriot. How would you describe your health care? If you're like most Americans these days, the word affordable isn't top of mind. Well, here's some good news. There's actually a trusted health care option that is affordable. It's called MediShare. Unlike insurance, MediShare is Christian Healthcare Sharing, a community of more than 200,000 believers across America who share each other's medical expenses. It's about half the cost of insurance, and it's fully acceptable under the law. And here's the best part. Because MediShare is based on biblical principles, you never pay for things against your beliefs. MediShare is affordable health care for Christians. Learn how thousands of Christians can help you save on your health care. For your free information guide, call 844-41-BIBLE. Now available in Montana. MediShare, affordable biblical health care. Call 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. At Salem Media Group, we are looking for sales professionals with a rare blend of talent and skill to be a part of our community. First, you know beyond any doubt that sales is your thing. And while your current situation may not embody this ideal, you are still committed to the consultative process, a sales method that incorporates creativity and partnership deeply rooted in a matchmaker philosophy. Second, you truly are a fanatic about prospecting. You love the hunt. You think about new business all the time and always have your antennas up for leads that make sense. And third, you are what we at Salem Media Group call an appointment procurement professional. That's right. You're skilled and adept at gaining a face-to-face audience with key decision makers to investigate win-win opportunities. If this threefold identity describes you, call me, Nick Anderson, General Manager at 651-289-4408 or visit us at am1280thepatriot.com. With very few investors still wanting outdated products like mutual funds or variable annuities, what are people turning to? They're turning to America's Investor Advocacy Show, Financial Fortitude. Hi, I'm Dale Creed Francis. And I'm Ryan Litvin, and we have shared unbiased information for years right here on The Patriot. It's information people need to need know, like the latest innovations, including protection vehicles, growth vehicles, income vehicles, and hybrid strategies. Make your reservation for our listener appreciation dinner coming up in just a few days. Go to financialfort.com or call 612-999-1185. The Financial Fortitude Radio Network is committed to serving its community by providing a better set of investment and retirement tools. It's impossible to know what you don't know. The dinner and drinks are on us. We guarantee you'll be amazed at what you learn. It won't change our life if you don't come, but I promise you it can change yours. 612-999-1185 or financialfort.com. Well, maybe we won't get that highly anticipated pitcher's duel in the Red Sox-Twins game. Coming into the game, you had Chris Sale with a 1.28 ERA with the Red Sox and Irvin Santana with a major league-leading .61 ERA for the Twins. Yeah, after five innings, it's 4-4. Four to four. <laughs> Yeah, it's all right. Just so my club comes out on the, uh, the positive end of it. That's all I'm thinking about. Anyways, AM1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. One final segment with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Uh, Mitch kind of did the uh, kind of did the old spike the football yesterday on his pro- program. I'm going to kind of do the same here. Folks, we tried to tell you that our 100 Days event was going to sell out, and it's sold out. Two weeks from today, 
at the Metropolitan Ballroom in uh, St. Louis Park, Golden Valley area. Dennis Prager and Hugh Hewitt will be in town to talk about the first 100 days of the Trump presidency. It's going to be an event moderated by Ed Morrissey. I'm, I'm really excited about it. And by the way, that's my wife's birthday two weeks from today. And uh, I bought her a ticket to sit at the table with the Dennis Prager. So, I mean, yeah. I, I, am I a good husband or what? And that's kind of that's kind of the that's kind of the running joke that's been going on. Oh, what'd you get your wife for her birthday? Ah, oh, dinner with another man. <laughs> that's kind of how we're spinning it to kind of see people's reaction. You know, okay, there's there, there's some nuance here. But uh, so for those of you who are going to see my wife sitting with Dennis Prager, it's like, oh, that's that's the kind of perks you get working at Salem Media Group, huh? You get to you get your family to sit at the big table. Hey, I don't get to sit at the big table. All right. OK, we had to pay full price for this ticket and it's well worth it. Let me tell you, my wife is very excited. Big fan of uh, Prager University and the videos that are out there on YouTube. And the, the fact she gets to sit at a table with three or four other people having dinner with Dennis Prager Um Happy birthday to the fetching Mrs. Carlson. She is going to enjoy that immensely, and it's going to be a great event, too. There's no doubt about it. It is a sellout. So those of you who uh, got on the stick, got your tickets, didn't mess around, uh, we look forward to seeing you there. And by the way, Mitch and I are looking forward to who's going to be at the Northern Alliance Radio Network table as well. Uh, So that's going to be a a fun night. I want to kind of hit a few bullet points here. Again, there was so much news this past week that uh, I want to kind of maybe go through a little lightning round here. Um, Certain daytime TV gal was on a whirlwind media tour this past week in commemoration of her 20-year anniversary of coming out, quote-unquote. Inevitably, of course, she was asked about the President of the United States. This is from TheHill.com. Ellen DeGeneres says she doesn't want President Trump on her talk show because, quote, he's against everything that I stand for, close quote. I'm not going to change his mind, the daytime TV host told Matt Lauer in an interview on Today that aired on Friday. The Emmy winner, who has played host to several political figures on her show over the years, including former First Lady Michelle Obama, 2016 Democrat presidential nominee Hillary Clinton, former President George W. Bush, and Senator Bernie Sanders, added, We need to look at someone who looks different than us and believes in something that we don't believe in and still accept them and still let them have their rights. Personally, Ellen DeGeneres, I applaud you. Seriously, I applaud you. Freedom of association, that's a wonderful thing, isn't it? I mean, isn't it awesome to live in a country where the government cannot coerce someone into unwanted interactions? So thanks for standing on principle, Ellen. We appreciate it. Uh, Here's a headline of a story from uh, some TV news station. I don't recall what area it was from, uh, Georgia. Yeah, down in the Brunswick, Georgia area. Did you see this one? Uh, the Popeye's chicken restaurant manager, he was arrested for allegedly dipping chicken in cocaine-based flour to increase business sales. Yeah. Uh, foolproof business model, right? Now, I'm certainly no expert, but isn't cocaine rather pricey? I mean, what's a street value? I mean, I don't expect my listening audience to know. I certainly don't expect you to know, Brandon. I'm not asking you. It's kind of a rhetorical question. But cocaine's kind of pricey. So I ask this because how much more chicken would this Popeyes have to sell to justify the high costs associated with making coke-laced batches? Now, I'm a finance guy. I work in finance and accounting during the week. So these are the things that immediately come to my mind. Some people look at that and say, well, that's just genius. You You lace the batches with cocaine, and it increases people's appetite. So, of course, they're going to keep coming back for more chicken. Yeah, but how much, you know, how much chicken do you have to sell to justify the cost of just one batch? Again, I'm no expert, but it seems to me that drug is kind of pricey. What, what can I say? And uh, here's another thing. Uh, there, on a um, wanted poster for the past eight years, or not a wanted poster, a missing, it's not, a certain thing has been on a milk carton. You've probably seen it on milk cartons, or maybe you haven't. The U6 unemployment rate. It's been on a milk carton from about, oh, yeah, January 2009 to, yeah, January 20th, 2017. Oh, coincidentally, that marks the exact time that Barack Obama was president. Uh, in the last unemployment report before the 2012 presidential election, uh, it was reported that September 2012's rate dropped to 7.8%. Now, that was significant because it had marked the first time in several months that it had dipped below 8%, and Obama was being criticized for 
you know, touting recovery summer in the summer of 2010. Well, here it was the summer of 2012, and they were still at an unemployment rate of about 8%. Now, I, I, re, I get that it's just one economic indicator, not the economic indicator. I get that. But naturally, the Obama administration, they touted that milestone as one of the reasons that President Obama deserved re-election, which, of course, he received shortly thereafter. Now, one of the most frustrating aspects uh, for me during the eight years of economic reporting under Obama is the fact that the U6 unemployment rate was rarely, if ever, promoted. Now, this is a measurable that factors in part-time workers who desire to work full-time but are unable to do so. Now, for you know, the standard unemployment rate cites part-time workers as being employed. But if you look at the U6 unemployment rate, it, it increases because these part-time workers want to be full-time. So it factors that into the unemployment percentage. And it also indicates those who are working in jobs for which they're well overqualified but are seeking to find jobs of which they are more qualified for and thus would you know, provide them, obviously, a more solid income. Okay? Well, since the mainstream media had a largely favorable view of Obama, of course, uh, reporting such stats obviously would have reflected poorly on his on the Obama administration's record since the U6 unemployment rate was consistently in double digits. It was consistently 12 to 15 percent. But I got great news, folks. After being conspicuously absent for eight-plus years, the U6 is back, y'all! According to the CNBC story, they were touting how the unemployment rate dropped to about 4.5%. But, but, if you factor in U6, the unofficial, the official unemployment rate, or the official unemployment rate is defined as total unemployed as a percent of the civilian labor, labor force. But, 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 doesn't include a number of employment situations in which workers may find themselves. The U6 rate, it's back, y'all. That's defined as all unemployed plus persons marginally attached to the workforce plus total employed part-time for economic reasons as a percent of the labor force. In other words, the unemployed, the underemployed, and the discouraged. Apparently there were no discouraged workers during the eight years of Obama. That's the only thing I could figure out. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, I've had a blast. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves a blessed week. Doors and let you out into the world. Closing time, turn all of the lights. The Spectacle Shop, optician magicians. They know how to make glasses elongate a round face. They know how to make glasses add curves to an angular face. You want to appear younger? They show you the magic that occurs when you try glasses with an upswept corner. If you want to attract more attention to your eyes, they show you what darker frames can do. They will make you fall in love with your face the way your mama did on the day you were born. They're the Spectacle Shop, four Twin Cities locations. At Salem Media Group, we are looking for sales professionals with a rare blend of talent and skill to be a part of our community. First, you know beyond any doubt that sales is your thing. And while your current situation may not embody this ideal, you are still committed to the consultative process, a sales method that incorporates creativity and partnership deeply rooted in a matchmaker philosophy. Second, you truly are a fanatic about prospecting. You love the hunt. You think about new business all the time and always have your antennas up for leads that make sense. And third, you are what we at Salem Media Group call an appointment procurement professional. That's right. You're skilled and adept at gaining a face-to-face -face audience with key decision makers to investigate win-win opportunities. If this threefold identity describes you, call me, Nick Anderson, General Manager at 651-289-4408 or visit us at am1280thepatriot.com. Attention, this is an investor notice. Are you interested in making some extra cash buying real estate tax liens? Then listen to this. The Government Tax Lien Network is offering a free tax lien kit, which contains two DVDs and a step-by-step -step report that will show you how to earn guaranteed returns between 15 and 35% yearly, which is completely secured by the government. They'll even show you how to do this inside your own retirement accounts. So if you're looking to become a real estate investor without risk, then call one 800 597-8179 now to get your free tax lien kit. 
Then get ready to buy tax liens for pennies on the dollar and buy houses for as low as $500. All from your home with little or no money, working only 5 to 10 hours per week. Call 800-597-8179 right now to get your free tax lien kit plus two free tickets to a live training event and a free $20 Visa gift card just for attending. Call 800-597-8179. That's 800-597-8179 for your free tax lien kit now. Individual results may vary. (laughs) Cletus suffers from excessive drooling. He spends hours on the Zone Garage website salivating over their stunning garage floors. Cletus's floor is cracked and dusty. He longs for a Zone Garage polyurea coating for his floor. They come in a multitude of striking colors and can be installed in under a day for a lot less than he thought. But he can't call because of his slobbering. Don't be Cletus. Log on to ZoneGarageMN.com. Schedule a free estimate by May 31st and get up to $500 off. ZoneGarageMN.com. From the Nepsis Capital Management Studios, this is AM 1280, The Patriot, WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Gordon Griffin. Thousands of supporters of French centrist candidate Emmanuel Macron have let out a big cheer when national television called the presidential election in his favor based on poll projections. More from BBC correspondent Danny Everhart. The scale of what awaits Emmanuel Macron is daunting to say the least. He set up his political movement on... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 